0: Guys, girls, children, androids, welcome to a brand new episode of Trend Chapel Live. We have a very special guest coming in later today. He is a presidential candidate, one, a transhumanist, humanist, two, and he's probably one of the coolest people I'm ever going to be talking to for my entire life. Uh, we have Zoltan. Istvan coming in today very excited for this Um, if you guys don't know who he is he's a Republican running under the uh, transhumanism um, party and if you don't know what transhumanism is let me tell you what that is transhumanism so transhumanism is the belief or theory that the human race can evolve beyond its current physical and mental limitations Especially by means of science and technology. So there's your answer. Um, in layman's term, uh, he can we can fix ourselves as a human, both physical and mental, um, by becoming more evolved with technology, right? Um, but this guy, I discovered this man not that long ago. Uh, me and my dad were looking, through all these candidates that are running for president and we saw Zoltán is And I really hope I'm saying his name right it's going to be kind of embarrassing going like hey oh, what's up Zoltán is and he's like actually it's Zoltán isotian or something so I'm really hoping I'm saying it right but this guy is an entrepreneur with multiple businesses um he's married has two kids awesome um, he has a, uh, number one, he's a number one bestseller. It's documentary out. I can't find it. I'm going to ask him about that. Um, where he goes around and, uh, his main thing is the, uh, his slogan, his campaign slogan is upgrading America, which is awesome. And, uh, he just looks really cool. He looks like a, he looks like a fun guy I would love to hang out with. But, um, I mean, we discovered him, I'm gonna be honest with him, I'm gonna be honest, we discovered him because of his name. I thought Zoltan was, like, the most badass name I've ever heard in my life. Um, but, I'm very excited to be talking to him. Um, I've never had a, like, a person who's running for president on this show, and I'm very excited to... See what his policies and issues are and how he's going to fix them if he becomes president. Um, But yeah, we do have some... What kind of sucks though, I'm going to be honest, is that we're very limited on time with him. We have 15 to 20 minutes and I wish wish we could talk more. But um, if he wins president, he's coming back on this show. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But uh, he looks awesome. I do want to buy some merch. I'm looking at his website right now, uh, Zoltan2020.com, and this guy got merch, bro. I'm going to buy some merch. He needs a hoodie. I'm going to tell him that. He needs a hoodie. He has mugs, t-shirts, bags, hats, phone cases, stickers, buttons. He needs some hoodies, man. I'll wear his hoodie. But yeah, I'm very excited to have this guy on the show. And um I posted it on Twitter saying that he's gonna be on the show soon. And a bunch of his supporters came over and followed, liked, retweeted, and I was very like surprised, like, this guy seems legit. And um I'm, I'm really appre- I'm really, really glad he's taking his time out of his campaign to come speak with us. I'm very grateful for that. And uh I can't wait to speak with him and talk about all of his policies. But uh, but yeah, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to have presidential candidate Zoltan Istvan on the show. Be right back. Is that Zoltan?
1: Yes, sir. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. Oh, I'm so excited to be speaking with you, man. Good, good. I'm excited to be with you. I've been doing a lot of research into you and uh i'm I'm, i want to talk policies and see what you're in for great great well i'm sorry i have only such short amount of time but i'm ready to go and no problem fire away fire away with whatever question you have all right so first i want to ask uh i want the people to know about you so how's your family how's your wife how's your career how's that going
1: (laughs) well uh you know just so your 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 uh you know listeners and and viewers know Mm -hmm. my name is zoltan he's of course and uh what most people know me around the world for is being a transhumanist. Somebody who wants to use science and technology to radically modify the human body. But outside of those things, I'm a former National Geographic journalist. I Right now, occasionally for the opinion section of the New York Times, I'm married to a physician. I have two beautiful young daughters. And um, I continue, you know, in addition to running for president, what I really am doing is continuing to push – uh, very radical science and technology policies across the American political spectrum, mm-hmm. and um, you know it seems to be working. We're gaining traction. Traction, even oh, yeah. though I'm running as even though I'm running as a Republican, mm-hmm. a lot of people know that I'm really quite liberal. Yeah. So you know I, I cross a lot of boundaries, but that's sort of my life. Yeah. Uh, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I see because I was looking at some of your policies on your website and uh, your immigration policy, uh, open border. That's something that you really don't see in Republicans. That's more of a liberal kind of thing.
1: Well, and and, and, you know, bear in mind that, of course, my name being Zoltan Ishvan, I am from an immigrant family. Mm -hmm. And that's partly why, yeah, yeah, Hungary. That's partly why I really respect immigrants. Mm -hmm. But also, my main platform, I guess one of the main platforms of my presidential campaign is that, you know, China has five times our population. They have Mm -hmm. almost as many engineers as we have a workforce. We are going to be beat by them economically here in the next few years for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, The only way to really kind of try to compete better with them is to actually grow the American population. And how can you grow the American population best? Well, you can let in immigrants because they want to come here and work and these kinds of things. So a lot of my open border policy is not necessarily to try to be a nice guy. I am a nice guy and I want to be nice too, but it's also very practical. We actually want to grow the population in order to be competitive against China.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that and I'm a Republican and, uh, I hate how people assume me for being a Trump supporter. I didn't get to vote for Trump back then when he became president. I was 16, couldn't do it. And so uh, I was looking at the Texas primaries and your name popped up. And I said, I said, Zoltan. And it, how do you say your last name? Well, Eastvan. But you can say it however you like. I said, I've been saying Isfan. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw that name. I was like, who is this guy? So I checked out your website and I. I, I have a bunch of questions about some of your policies. One of the ones that I'm main concerned about is gun control. Um, how do you fight to fix our gun policies, the Second Amendment? How would you fight for that?
1: Well, so I have some of the most – I think well, probably the most unique uh, you know, mm-hmm. policy of all the candidates. Look, there's no way to take away the 300 to 400 million guns from Americans mm-hmm. to stop school shootings, to stop terrorism, Just do that. And nor do I want to, because ultimately I kind of come from a libertarian point of view. I believe in the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Uh, have guns myself. So, you know, okay. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't want to even attempt to try to take away people's guns or put regulations on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't want my neighbor to have a tank in his front yard just yeah, because it course. affects the value. However, and I, and I also don't want someone to have maybe 500 machine guns, a little mach- militia. But I think everyone does have the right to bear arms. Okay. And, and that can be a, a wide variety of arms. However... I want drones. I want robots. I want all sorts of radical technologies in public places. Yeah. And those things can recognize when somebody maybe is about to bring in, like, for example, just, this is the best example that's out there. Mm -hmm. There was this terrible, you know, shooting in Las Vegas. Yes. And, you know, someone went into a hotel with a bunch of guns, got up to this tall floor and started shooting everyone. Ever since then, the hotels have got these new microwave sensor technologies at the main doors, so you can no longer bring in a gun without a manager being buzzed that somebody is bringing in a gun into the hotel. Mm-hmm. This is a great way that technology can solve the problem. yeah And the reason I like solving you know, same thing with public schools. We have a ton of you know public drones can travel at about 150 miles per hour. They can be trained through AI to recognize gunshot sounds, to recognize smoke. And to go and, like, drop smoke bombs if somebody's starting to shoot everybody. There's a million different ways to use technology to make it so that Republicans can be happy to keep their guns and Democrats can be happy that they are much safer in public places. The only thing, though, is this requires the government to kind of say, wait a sec, can we protect our children? And the same thing with, you know, it's just the same thing with terrorism. If you can have technology protect people like it recognizes a terrorist long before they blow themselves up or something like that, you can solve the problem of terrorism. It can all be done with AI. Unfortunately, a lot of it is kind of police state. And we have to get over that and say, well, do we really want robots and drones in public school systems to protect our children? Is that an okay exchange of privacy?
0: yeah I was questioning that when I saw that in your policies is to have drones and robots in public schools and public places because I was feeling like I always had this weird thing about robots them turning against us. I mean we see them in movies all the time, and uh I want to well, hear about just, that yeah. well
1: i'm not, I'm not advocating for armed robots, okay for example, when the, the shooter took pl- you know shooting took place in Las Vegas, we didn't have to sh- kill the shooter. Mm-hmm. we could have just had a drone let off smoke so that that the shooter wouldn't have been able to see where he was shooting. There's a bunch of different methods to take, you know, and drones can drop nets on people. They can let off smoke bombs. They can have really loud noises that bother the human ear. There's all different types of things that technology can do without actually killing somebody or arming them. So we don't have to worry about the robots turning on us. I think the big question though is really, if we have drones and robots in our schools, they obviously have some type of AI facial recognition. Mm-hmm. Are we willing to give up our privacy rights for the safety, let's say, of our children? Or, you know, the Super Bowl is a good way to do it too. The, the Super Bowl, we want to make sure that everybody not one person has like a hand grain or something like that. There are different ways and different scanners out there that would be able to do that. And we have to, as a society, decide, are we willing to give up some of our privacy in order for public safety? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, the, that's really the discussion. There's no question in my mind, though, that the technology can protect the Second Amendment while also protecting the people.
0: Yes, I, I you're winning me over so far. I'm not even lying. Um, I have another question. This is a fun one. All right, let's let's get a little fun one in there, shall we? All right. Do you believe in aliens? This is from a fan, by the way.
1: One hundred percent do I believe in aliens, and anyone that argues against that just simply doesn't understand math. Now yes. look. Let's just take a a look real quickly at what we know of the known universe. There are almost certainly trillions of planets out there. Mm -hmm. And of those trillions, there are almost certainly hundreds of billions that are habitable just like planet Earth Mm -hmm. of some sort. And if we just take that mathematical thing out and we start to say, oh, humans were lucky. We're the only kind of species that evolved out of, you know, this big molecular mess. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. completely crazy. Science and molecules and chemistry have a way to initiate life. It's totally highly probable, and I mean 99.99999% probable, that of those billions of other habitable planets, life developed. Now, it's, it's a pretty well-known fact that we're in the younger part of the universe. Our species is only 4 or 5 billion years old. The other parts of the universe are quite older, so two-thirds of the universe is older. That means they had twice as long to develop. The truth of the matter is not only do I believe in aliens, I believe that there are probably hundreds of millions of different species of aliens out there upon these hundreds of billions of habitable planets, and I bet a lot of them are a lot smarter than us. Given oh, yeah. that they're Absolutely. they're very old, they've gone through the singularity, they've developed microprocessors that are far smarter than they they're. Don't get me wrong; these are not green creatures. These are probably artificial intelligence mm-hmm. or even just quantum intelligence spanning the cosmos. But the point is that almost. Every single NASA engineer believes in aliens these days and doesn't just believe in aliens, believes in a huge spectrum of species that are super smart. And if you don't believe in it, you're not paying attention to the math. The universe is just simply too large. And humans tend to think, oh, I'm I'm so special. I don't think we're very special. The Mm. question is, why haven't we seen those aliens? Now, that's a whole different that, you know, the Fermi paradox. But the the, the bigger question, I think, is 100 percent that there are aliens, many, many millions of species out there on different planets.
0: All right. Because I absolutely do believe in aliens. There's no way we're the only living thing out there.
1: It's so egotistical to think that we're the only ones. What what our problem is is that we are not smart enough yet to find them. Mm -hmm. But eventually our species will become more transhuman and we'll become, you know, connected to AI and things like that. And we'll probably finally find them. And they'll probably be almost godlike to us because they'll probably be able to teach us things if they allow us to find them in the first place, you know there's also this problem that maybe the human species isn't a very good species, isn't very nice or moral enough. So maybe they haven't found us for those reasons, but hopefully we'll become better Mm -hmm. and then we'll, you know, we'll be instructed.
0: Oh yeah. Um, I also want to ask you about education Um, from your 20 point policy that I saw on your website. uh, You believe that education should be good to everybody. And one thing I have a problem with is that college is the only thing that's been upgrading in price Throughout what 30 years, and so how would you fix that for people who can't afford college?
1: Well, so I, you know, I have a free college policy, it's mm-hmm. one of the very non Republican ideas yes. I have, but I'm just such a big believer in education, mm-hmm. especially. You know, I think the basis of my argument is first off, this is over the last century 100 years. We have doubled the lifespans of humans. Mm-hmm. And there's a very good chance that over the next 50 years, we're going to double or quadruple again based on how technology is going. So I think it's going to become quite common to live to 120, 150, you know, these kinds of ideas. And what happens is a long time ago in the 60s, 1960s, um, they, the American government decided that everybody should go to high school. This is kind of decided by the states and that the, the mandatory education should end at around age 17 or 18. But that makes sense for society that where people are like filling gas and, you know, and maybe like working at McDonald's, whatever. But it doesn't make sense for a society that becomes so information Mm -hmm. kind of overloaded. We need more educated people. And I believe that college should be free to encourage that our species and people in America would then go on to this other higher education. Mm -hmm. Now, beyond that, I think I would pay for this free college. Public university. Now, of course, some colleges would be private—Harvard, Columbia, wherever—they yeah. they can charge whatever they want. They're private universities, but I think public colleges could make a lot of money because of my legalizing drugs policy.
0: Yes, I was going to get to that next.
1: Seven hundred. You know, we basically there's two million people in jail right now, approximately, mm-hmm. and around seven hundred fifty thousand of those people are in there for nonviolent drugs like mm-hmm. marijuana, and they're costing the state and the U.S. government a huge amount of money. If we were to release all nonviolent drug criminals they're not criminals in my opinion, but we should release them anyhow um, we would save an enormous amount on the prison system, on the prison system. The prison system costs four times the amount that the education system costs in America. So by releasing about a third or even two, you know half of the people we would have enough money to pay for all of college. In fact, I have even suggested that some prisons could be made into brand new public colleges. The infrastructure, the real estate is already there. And I like the idea that people can go away and stay. Now, we of course, we would do some remodeling so it wouldn't appear like a prison. But honestly, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, cells of prisons yeah. don't necessarily look that different than dormitories. I know. So, you know. And the idea here is I would pay for public education free for anyone that wants it by releasing nonviolent uh criminals in america and that would save us so much money more in fact we would be able to have saved money from that uh, you know beyond education we could spend it on healthcare and other things like that too mm-hmm. all
0: right and this one came from a fan uh where do you see the future of young people in this in today in the next 20 years
1: <laughs> oh this is a very very challenging question because i have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old <laughs> daughter and the question is uh you know, uh, just so your, your audience sees, I have a piano back there. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure they can kind of see it. Yep, there it is. But the question, the question is, right now I'm paying for private lessons for my kids mm-hmm. to play piano. But there's a very good probability within 20 years they will be able to download mm-hmm. this edu- this idea of playing the piano into their brain. Elon Musk has said by next year, human trials are going to begin with this idea of kind of what I'm talking about, downloading. Uh, merging your brain with AI merging your brain with um, you know the cloud it doesn't necessarily mean you have an implant in your head maybe you just have a headset we are just getting so good at tracking brain waves that we can both put it in and take it out whatever we're thinking now the the real question is for my five year old is she is it worth spending you know fifteen years of lessons so that one day she can play Mozart's fifth Symphony perfect and yet by the time she's 25, she'll be able to download it anyways. Mm-hmm. And that's a very challenging question for young people because I have a feeling that it's the same thing with whether I go to college and what do I study and will my job be replaced by robots here in the near future? And the answer is unequivocally yes. You're, you're, whatever you train at, your job will almost certainly be replaced because the machine intelligence, the J curve of the comput- of the microprocessor is going so quickly that there's really no pretending that robots won't be better than us at almost everything. Mm-hmm. So what where does that leave a future for young people? And in my I you know my ideal world we create a basic income. Young people don't necessarily have to worry about working nor mm-hmm. older people and then they could either maybe do things that they want. They can go back and do five PhDs, they can play the guitar in the Bahamas. But whatever happens, I don't want to pretend that our younger generation is going to be able to compete against robots. There's no way that my daughter my five-year- old daughter is going to be able to play the piano better through fifteen years of practice than she can by downloading you know some kind of uh, language in her head that allows her to play it because she memorized it from this download. And these things are coming. like I said, I live in Silicon Valley. People are spending hundreds of millions of dollars on this technology today, people like Elon Musk and mm-hmm. you know, just like the driverless car will come soon, and just like the internet came, and just like genetic editing we will have these new technologies we're going to look back and say oh my god now we download information for everything i don't need to learn how to be a firefighter i just downloaded it yep. you know but then at some point the robot becomes the better firefighter and he doesn't that robot doesn't take the dangers of the human life yeah. so we come to this crazy conundrum where well what do human beings do and i'm not saying it's the most beautiful future because it's a little bit complex mm-hmm. hopefully though humans will have a lot more time uh, maybe this concept of luxury automated communism. I, am of course, don't like communism whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But I do understand that we might get to a Star Trek era where okay. people simply don't work for money because money is not – we have robots to create the kind of standard of living that we need to bring us food, to uh, you know build our houses and things like this. Maybe everybody has it by then because we have a basic income or a government provides it. But again, this is 20, 30 years out. But I think this, when you talk about a younger generation, this is very much their future. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, it's very challenging, but it probably doesn't involve capitalism and it probably doesn't involve working.
0: Okay. All right. Um, I have another question. This one doesn't have to do with any policies or political stuff. I saw a clip from your YouTube channel, from your documentary, of you getting a chip into your hand and you unlocked a door yes please elaborate on this what is this all about and what can you do with it
1: so it's so funny because four years ago when i got an implant and i was running for president i was a nominee of the transhumanist party Mm -hmm. in 2016 the chip implant was kind of the new way of getting rid of your keys okay uh car keys so you you can start a car with this chip implant you can Mm -hmm. open my front door with this chip plant. You can send a text message. Someone comes close enough to me with a phone, it sends an automatic text message. It has all your medical information on it. You can do all sorts. You can trade Bitcoin on it. Wow. What's really interesting, though, is that almost five years later since I've gotten the chip, uh, it's almost obsolete because now the exact same things that the chip implant could do. Now, the chip implant is tiny. You put it in through a horse syringe, so you actually inject it. It's so tiny. It's the size of a grain of rice. But you can do all these new things that I just mentioned with my chip implant with um you know retina or kind of like eye recognition it recognizes your eyeball and you can go to like your starbucks and pay now just by looking at your eyeball and so it's really interesting because the chip implant at the time was this radical new technology and now there's all these other new technologies that are coming out Mm -hmm. that are almost making this radical new technology obsolete but I still do have an implant it's a fun party trick I actually use it to open my front door all the time because I don't have keys. I When I and... saw that,
0: I was amazed. I was like, what? Because, <laughs> like, I, where can I get one of those? I lose my car well, keys all the time.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 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 totally. And it's, you know, I have kids. They want to steal the the keys. I mean, they lose it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very useful. I'm also a surfer. And, you know, it's great because you don't have to take your car, your keys into the water yeah. with you. you. You just have it right here built into your yeah. hand. It doesn't go anywhere. It's actually very, very useful. The thing, though, is... That um, you know, my chip is sort of obsolete now after five years, and the new ones, much higher memory and stuff mm. like that. So you have to kind of cut yours out, which is kind of painful, uh. and get a new one injected. So you know, this is it's such a funny way of technology. On another w- story, I wrote for the New York Times recently an article about the implant because, for example, um, a couple states are trying to outlaw this implant. It's recreational; really? it's not a medical use, and so both Democrats and Republicans are trying to outlaw it because. They think, "Oh, this is like from a religious perspective, they're kind of wigged out that this might be the mark of the beast." On another hand, I've consult- I've done some consultation with the US military, and one of the questions they asked me was, "Okay, I work on a nuclear submarine. If a if a if a sailor comes on with a chip implant, will this affect the nuclear submarine?" Mm-hmm. Now we're talking like very serious stuff. Yeah. Of course, the chip implant can't uh, affect the nuclear submarine, but when the generals and and the, you know the admirals first heard about this, they said, "Wow, this is this is a military issue. We better make sure that these recreational implants can't set off a nuclear weapon or something like that." Now, of course, they can't. But you know, this is some of the the challenges that when you first hear about this technology, how does it work? You know, my goal is that eventually I go to Starbucks and I just pay with it. And some of the new implants allow you to pay with it and do different types of systems. But again, um, the reality is that your your retina recognition of your eyeball is probably going to be the more sophisticated and easier technology to use than an implant, which is actually a a physical procedure. doesn't require a doctor, but it is a little bit bloody to get it installed.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know how much time we have, but uh, I just, again, want to thank you for being on the show. Um, I, I'm going to tell you the truth. I sent you the email as a joke to my dad. I was like, oh, he probably won't respond. And then next day I get an email from this man saying, oh yeah, let's do it. And, I want to again thank you personally for being on the show, and I hope one day you can come back and we could talk for an hour, just everything. Yeah, yeah no, I'm sorry. You know, I, I actually didn't yeah.
1: have another interview after this. It's, it, it's, mm. The campaign has been growing like I know. crazy. i got to be honest. last, it, I think a lot of it has to do with um, uh, Andrew Yang dropping out and everybody looking for an, a basic income candidate, I, and I, 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 you was know, upset. I'm one.
0: I was upset that Andrew Yang dropped out. I'm a Republican, and I actually liked him. Yeah, I think a
1: lot of people are Ah. and I'm now sort of the only one that's of the presidential candidates carrying the banner of basic income. So I've Mm -hmm. been growing dramatically. And of course, if your listeners or viewers want to uh, vote for me in Super Tuesday coming up here very shortly, I'm on a number of major ballots. Now, I, of course, don't (laughs) think I have much shot against Trump, Mm -hmm. but it is it is interesting to vote for somebody like me because you do send the Republican Party a message that, hey, we might be able to incorporate some brand new ideas into our platform. It doesn't always have to be so old school. And that's really what my platform is about, is trying to get the Republican Party to be a bit more younger minded and not so kind of like anti-science, anti-technology. I think the Republican Party can be actually very socially liberal and still embrace science values and be fiscally conservative because in the end of the day i am a fiscally conservative person so that's the kind of goal that i have and maybe then the world will be less divisive anyway you know less uh, less arguing amongst ourselves yes. if we were a little bit more more normal more nice yes
0: well again thank you for being on the show um hey if you win this presidency i want I want my name <laughs> is somewhere in there.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you so much for having me. Sorry for the short interview, of but course. hopefully we'll do it again sometime. And thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah. All right. Have a nice night. You too. Right, bye-bye. bye-bye. Well, there he is. That was incredible. All right. We're going to go back. Uh, stay tuned. Okay. We just finished the interview with uh, Zoltan Isven. Oh my gosh. What a guy. First off, I want to say, if he's listening to this, thank you again for being out here supporting my show. I'm 100%. I, I mean, Let me tell you this. Right after the interview, I went and talked to my dad. And I told him he convinced me. I'm not even kidding. I'm sold. The way he worded his, th- everything he talked about, every question I answered, he answered it. Not like a politician, but somebody that actually cares. I'm not even kidding. And I really, I really want this podcast to help him grow more. He even said like his campaign's going up, and um, he did say it's not enough to beat Trump. But if enough people listen to this, I think he has a chance of getting up there. And I'm, I'll tell him this to I'll tell him, I'll tell this to him again. Uh, he should keep running. I think the younger people, if they hear what he's trying to do, they will be a hundred percent down for it. He's a great guy. Great conversation. I really want to have him back on the show and have a longer conversation where just me and him, we just talk about Ram stuff. I mean, he is such an interesting guy. Um, the way he. This is my review of the interview. And I'm not. I'm, trust me, Zoltan, if you're listening to this, I'm not going to bash you. I'm. I am 100% on your team right now. You. He was just so cool. He was just. He was supportive. I'm supportive of him. He's doing great. Um, I, I I feel like I messed up in some places where I mispronounced some stuff. Um, but um, he was just supportive. He answered all the questions. He didn't like go off subject. Um, we had fun. I had so much fun with this guy. And uh, I really want to help. I want this to. If this helps my podcast grow, that's great. I'm. I mean. I would love to. We talked about Andrew Yang at the end, if you if you didn't hear that part, and I I even emailed Andrew Yang's team, like public like uh, the media team, to ask if he wants to do an interview. I mean, I want to get people that people are not hearing about in the news right now. I mean, I didn't even know that there were Republicans running against Trump. I didn't, and I told him. I emailed him as a joke because I, I didn't think he was going to respond. And he the next day. Um, I'm all for Zoltan. this Sven. I'm all for him right now. Great guy. Um, I really wish we had more time, though. I had a bunch of questions. I had like three pages of questions. And we only got through a couple of them. I'm really glad we got to talk about aliens. That was really cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what an episode. This is probably one of my favorites right now. Um, again, if you guys want to know more about uh, Zoltan Ishvin, go to his website, www.zoltan2020.com. Go check him out. He's a pretty interesting guy. And uh, But, yeah, I think we're going to end the podcast here. Um, more to come. Um, this is the beginning of Season 4. I'm very happy this 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 is the ravers episode. So uh I'll see you guys soon. Have a good night. Have a good morning. Have a good afternoon. Peace.